0: Oh. Some my people's one time. Let's get started. What's poppin', What's popping? Oh, this is the Genie, podcast. We talk all things life, faith, faith, race, religion, politics, all of the above. Gonna try to hit you from that mature perspective. Um, this is AJ, I'm in here with Eve, and my man Avery's in the building. What's up, y'all? Good morning, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, please hit us up on social media, follow us Should at... I say
1: good morning? I'm sorry. It was just supposed to be, you know, they said like Extra P told me, don't say the year. <laughs> <laughs> so this for infinity.
0: Yeah, we are recording this early in the morning, well, early for Saturday. <laughs> um, but no, please hit us up on social media, uh, follow us on Twitter, at Across This. Um, Or hit us up on Facebook, like us on Facebook, um, and as they say in the business, we'll continue the conversation on social media. Yep. Although it's never really a conversation, it's just a dialogue. Anyway, um, so it's been a long week, we're going to just jump right into it um, this week. Um, But you know what, no, we're not going to jump into it. I got my man A here. Go ahead, introduce yourself, man. (laughs) We got A Smith in the building, we got the, the world famous uh, Avery Sinclair. What, what world you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> hey, one of these Guardians of the Galaxy joints? I'm sure, yeah, I'm, not I'm this probably, planet. I'm,
1: right. po- you know, I'm, I'm popular on the planet Metamucil. So.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I kill, I kill on Neptune, man. Yeah, but has it's not popping. Exactly. All right, no, that's uh, but now we we glad Avery's in the building. We're um, just gonna keep it keep the keep the five rolling this week. Um a lot of stuff that went on this week. It's normally too much stuff that goes on in, in, in the week, so we try to narrow it down. Um, you know what? If you're listening, why don't you shoot us some topics? If you if things pop off and you think we should discuss it, we'll at least take it under consideration.
2: Yeah, look, I already had one person hit me up and say, why don't you talk about XYZ? So I passed it on to you. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, yeah remember yeah, on yeah, the text. Yeah, yeah, Okay. So yeah, so just want you, all, want you guys to know that whatever you think, we're going to at least consider it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um and if you wanna hit at us hit us up individually, um you can hit me on Twitter at Devinimus. I know that's a long one. D I V E N O M O U S. Um, and I'm on Facebook. You can follow me on Facebook too. Um I'm on Instagram too, but I don't really do much on Instagram. I don't take enough pictures.
2: Or you could just go to our social media and and put it out there, you know, again, at across this uh, for Twitter. And then of course, across the intersection on uh, Facebook and just, you know, throw out some topics and why don't you all talk about this or that?
0: Yeah, definitely. We will definitely listen and um, take it under consideration. Um, all right, so this week, like I said, we, we got some stuff we're gonna rap about, and um, you know we're gonna see what what, what pops from here. Um,
1: um, I'm not trying to make this about me. I know you <laughs> said you wanted me to introduce myself. Is there like something in specific? Specific? No, no, no. Just in general, so people can understand yeah, like general. what my perspective is or whatever. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So I'm, it's just, I'm just random or what, Whatever. Uh, yeah, man. You already me. told
0: them you kill on metal <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh,
1: so my name is Avery. And um, originally from um, New York, from Brooklyn, New York. New York.
0: Uh, here we go again with these New York. Still claiming <laughs> New York.
1: And uh, but I, I, I actually I've lived out here in the uh, D.C. metropolitan area for uh, like twenty some odd years. So <laughs> it a while. You. And uh, um, so I would probably say in a nutshell, as far as like you know my faith is concerned, I would say like I don't like to use it. I used to, I I grew up. And was raised uh in i would say non-denominational christian whatever like Mm -hmm. i grew up actually like episcopalian so to speak but then when i hit college it was more so like this whole non-denominational christian thing uh been through a lot whole lot uh since then uh i wouldn't i i don't necessarily like to identify myself with the title as christian um i but i would say that i have faith in um uh, I like to say Yeshua HaMashiach, and then also I would like to say that I my faith uh leans toward the biblical narrative and um
0: we just got deep on you. Yeah. Yeshua Hamashiach. Yeah.
2: No, but you have to put the throat into it, see. Well, Hamashiach.
0: You know,
1: so so you know, I would say, you know, that's where I am right now. Um mm-hmm. and uh but you know, uh it's uh it's a lot of it's a lot of fun.
0: That's what's yeah. up.
1: Life
2: is a process. I love the way you say that's who I am right now. You know, everybody wants to arrive, but it's like, um, we are young. (laughs) Who knows where we were or where we will be.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's part of that. You know, one of the running themes of our show, you know, for those who've listened to the many, many, many episodes we've had so far, right, um, is our, you know, our attempt to do two things: our attempt to um, be grown ups and present things from a mature perspective, and then also to present things honestly. Um, that's I, some, I, something I just personally believe that uh, many Christians fail at: um, is having an honest presentation. Um, we always got some sort of ulterior motive, and we try to hide it under the guise of, "Oh, you know, God," and this and that and the other. So,
2: and we try to feign perfection. Honestly, you know, like. Uh, you know, recently in church, uh, there there have been a few incidents uh, where there are people who have changed their beliefs and doctrine. Not something, you know, overarching, like, I'm now a Wiccan, no. But, you know, just kind of looking at what scripture says and saying, oh, well, I think that I wanna go this way. And there's rebuke after rebuke. Let somebody grow and develop and believe what they believe and explore things and, you know, God got them if, if we believe in, you know, the fact that, you know, they who endure to the end shall be saved. You know, but people are kind of scared to allow people to actually read the scripture and, and grow through whatever questions they have. So that's another one of our many challenges. Oh, yeah.
0: That might be one of our future topics. Yeah, man. Um, no. Nah. Well, we we got problems. And speaking of people that got problems, <laughs> um, I told you all I'm becoming a professional with my segues. I'm, I'm good with my transitions. Um, people that got problems. I think the Democratic Party got problems, man. Uh, me personally, I don't ascribe to be a Democrat nor a Republican. I vote um, how I want to vote when I vote. Um, I voted for both Republicans and Democrats. I mean, if y'all want to hate me, I told y'all I, my one of my roles is to piss you off. So <laughs> there you go. I have voted in my life since I've been eighteen. I turned eighteen in the nineties. Um, I have voted for a Republican president and a Democratic president. Likewise. Republican gov- governors and Democratic governors. So I don't ascribe to either. That means I don't get to vote in their primaries, though. They will yeah. let... They'll quickly tell you, "Uh, sir, no. Anyway, the Democratic Party, I think, has some problems. Um, I was reading a couple articles, one in the New York Times this week and one in the Post, that young, younger Democrats who, whose religious beliefs or their religious backgrounds... Um, are no longer shaping their political views. Their political views are more secular in nature, um, and it's becoming a problem because the base of the Democratic Party is still extremely religious. I was looking up some um, statistics um, from the Pew Research Institute, and um, they said that nearly 50% of white Americans, particularly Democrats, white Democrats, uh, still ascribe to the Christian faith like 80% of African Americans still ascribe to the Christian faith. Like 75% of Hispanics still ascribe to Christian faith. So that that is the base of the Democratic Party. Yet the face of the Democratic Party, wh- who you see as the mouthpieces, um, don't ascribe to that. They in no way, shape, or form put their religious... Background or their religious beliefs front and center. It's typically uh, secular viewpoints, um, whether it's a pro-gay agenda, a liberal agenda, whatever it is, um, anti-establishment, whatever. But it's never it, it's not necessarily influenced, at least on the cover, on the face, by religious belief. But their base is still ex- extremely religious, and so you're having this sort of dichotomy. And they're losing elections in the era of Trump. Democrats still can't win elections, um, and the latest example being my man John Ossoff down in Georgia. They had that special election for uh, congressman yeah. or congressperson, representative, whatever, um, and he got beat, mm-hmm. you know, decidedly, um, and so. What, what say you? I mean, I, I, I think it's a problem for the Democratic Party to try to go so far away from their uh, religious beliefs.
2: It's really interesting that you even bring that up because, um, like you said, on the one hand, statistics are saying most of the people in the Democratic Party consider themselves to be religious. On the other hand, you have um, the perception, so basically the people who are— um, sort of up and coming people sort of in a I think that our country is split because there's sort of an old guard that's starting to fade away not yet as we can see from the election but starting to you know age and then you have this new guard of people who are not interested in things related to faith or less interested and so you know people are assuming that just because the Younger group or the less religious group are louder that somehow the basis changed and it hasn't but on the third hand I think it's interesting because most people will question the idea that most Democrats are religious, you know I think a lot of conservatives will say what are you talking about most Democrats are religious you wouldn't kill a baby if you were religious or you wouldn't allow um, Legislation to permit the killing of babies in this first and second trimester to yeah, that doesn't sound like religious to me or when it comes to you know what is considered uh, rights in terms of marriage and matrimony and who you love, you know. So it is. So I think there's there's a trifecta. There's three you know really interesting things that are competing. The first is what stats say, um, or at least what Democrats say about themselves, which is, yeah, I do believe in God. Then you have the others who are saying, what are you talking about? How could you possibly believe in God with the type of legislation that you push? And then on the third hand, you have this group. Um, that are up and coming within that party who think that they can use uh, their sort of less or irreligious banter to win because of the perception that Democrats are not religious. And then it turns out that they are because that's why these folks keep on losing. So I think we're in a really interesting space uh, culturally and religiously in our country.
1: Well, um, are they losing due to the, uh, is that the reason why they're losing? Is it because they can't, like connected their bases, uh, um, religious views, or is it that they're losing um, because of uh, the nature of the election? Like, uh, it, it, I mean, if you're up against the idea that you know there's this term "house money," so to speak, if I'm using the term correctly, what I mean by that is that the Republicans play with house money. Like they the because of because of how this country is designed, uh, Republicans, the people who identify uh, with that with that party affiliation, that political party affiliation, we know historically vote in all kinds of elections. They don't just vote every four years. They vote. <laughs> Right, all right. the time, right. you know, like it's a family PTA. affair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. family affair. You know, it's like you know, I vote, we we'll vote, we we'll go out, we we'll vote, and we we'll vote, and we we'll vote, and uh, and there's a level of uh, disenfranchisement that comes you know, because of that, and those things that th- those are those are the things that happen on a local and the state level all the time in this country. Whereas with the Democrats, it's not that's not necessarily the case. Um, with the democrats it tends to be more of a popularity contest and yep. um and so uh and 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 you know it is uh uh I'm wondering I'm wondering if if something like this with this Ossoff person although I didn't I didn't look too much into it I remember it happening yeah but I wonder if this is more of a, an example you know of that you know, well, yeah. in,
0: in the article that in the New York Times article I read, they actually even took it back to Bernie because mm. there was like even somebody like Bernie Sanders who was in the civil rights movement could not connect with the democratic base in the South.
1: Wow. Uh, so, and then that's been argued too, right? Um, uh, is that that I guess, well, let me let me no, I mean, that that's been that 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 has been contested, right? Uh, due to the Incumbency of Hillary Clinton yeah. and the, uh, the the noted disenfranchisement of the uh, of Bernie Sanders of his of his of his campaign uh, when it was happening in the yeah. primary election and and all of these uh, the messages that the DNC and all yeah. these messages that were we'll put out yeah. to make it seem yeah. that you know Bernie won't get no love yeah. when he was when he, you know and so. So I, I think that, and, and then, and then, so connecting it to the all self person, like, I still wonder, like, you know, what, what's the underlying, uh, what is the underlying result of that, of what's being said? Like, are the, is what's being said, like, these religious Democrats are voting Republican or they're just not voting at all? And then that means that the other the other party is is just winning by default. That's, That's the a, house money I'm talking about. It could be more of that. It could mm-hmm.
0: be more of the because they don't the, like their choices, right? The new secular face of the Democratic Party is not connecting, so they just don't vote, mm-hmm. as opposed to voting Republican. Because mm-hmm. I don't think they would vote Republican. Maybe some of them do, but I don't think it's more. I, I think it's more of a like. I mean, take the election of uh, recently uh, presidential election. It was more so. Many Democrats just not voting for Hillary Clinton as opposed to them saying, Oh, I'm gonna go vote for 45, right? That in, in the end is what did her in mm-hmm. because it was such a large segment of the party. It was just like, I'm just not gonna vote for her.
1: Well, you know? she did. I mean, she won the she popular, won the popular vote. vote, and you know, there's this whole uh, the hacking yeah you got the hacking, but
0: mm. one of the things I do like about CNN is their I, I love their election coverage because how they go into the map. Mm. and they were just showing, you know, this is back in during the election time, but they were showing how a lot of these districts and counties mm-hmm. in oh eight and twelve that Obama won by like landslides in these rural. You know, Midwest heartland American, you know, counties that Hillary wasn't even gaining any traction in. But, you know, in 08 and 12, Obama was winning by landslides. So I'm, I'm just, I, I think more along the lines of what you were saying, um, where a lot of the religious quote unquote base just was not voting at all, mm-hmm. as opposed to voting for Trump. That's true. You because
1: even with the hacking, I looked at the election results uh, in the state of Maryland. Uh, and, and I saw like, as far as the counties go, like the most popular, like she, I think 96% of the, uh, well, first of all, let me back up. It was one out of three. So about 30% of the eligible voting public in Prince George's County voted. That's one (laughs) out of three of the eligible, eligible voting public. So that's. That's not including ex-offenders or, you know, people under the age of 18 or whatever it is or, you know, whatever else. um, People are not registered. The eligible voting public of that, one out of three voted. So that means two out of three people just said, I'm just going to work. So that means, so one person was like, I'm going to work today. Uh, Another person was like, what campaign? (laughs) And then I you mean, had what election? Yeah, I mean. what election exactly? <laughs> and then you had you know the other person that said you know hmm. And of that, of that uh one out of three, of that thirty percent, thirty three percent, the ninety six percent of them voted for Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Again, this is in Prince George's County. So ninety six percent of the voting eligible voting public in Prince George's County, basically uh, the Democrats won in about ninety six percent Prince George's County. Yeah, then. Uh, the next, uh, the next locality or municipal—I guess locality, whatever it is—that um, uh, 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 had the second highest, uh, second highest um, percentage for the Democrats was Baltimore City. Baltimore City had like 80% voted, 80% for the 80% yeah. for, uh, dem- Democratic uh, President, Democratic ticket. Then it was like Howard County, I think. I think it was like Howard County. It was like seventy percent something like that, Democrat. Then like everything else, all other counties, as like twenty-two counties in in Maryland, something like that. Every, I, if I'm not mistaken, like all the other ones voted Republican. Wow, even Montgomery County. That may have been Democratic. I don't remember exactly, but I remember like you know Charles County, like all these all these counties that just surrounded. You know, and it, it didn't have as many people, right? But yeah, <laughs> like they all voted. Like the basically the places that had primarily African Americans was Prince George's County, yeah, and then Baltimore City voted Democrat, and then all these other little small town places. No disrespect, you know, voted. Shout out to the small towns, like yes, yeah. Yeah, so it's a it's a bunch of them, right? Yeah, they all, they, a lot of them. Vote pretty much voted Republican.
2: I just hope that the DNC learned something from this. You know, I'm not even a registered Democrat, but it's it was just really interesting how all the polls were saying, even around this time last year, that Bernie had a better chance of defeating Trump than Hillary did. I mean, yeah. and the Demo- the DNC had an agenda, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't have because the the Clintons have been. There. Uh, not to say that, of course, speaking we speaking of that. house money. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, the Clintons have been there and in power for the past generation. It's not to say Bernie wasn't because he's been uh, Bernie's, a you know, uh, aged man, a, a man that the Bible would call well advanced in years. So I know that he's been around in, you know, but he's been independent for a lot of that time as well. So the allegiance of the DNC was to the Clintons. However, they chose their allegiance rather than what the numbers said. I, you know, of course, we don't have a parallel universe to my knowledge. Therefore, we won't be able to look and say, "Okay, if if we if Bernie, you know, had won, what would have happened in the in the in the election?" But I think that the DNC needs to be a little bit more calculating um, concerning the way that voter turnout will actually go, rather than just having allegiances. Instead of looking at what the numbers are bearing out,
0: yeah, that's a that's a really good point because, and you know, we we said this in uh, one of the earliest shows that we're not trying to be a political show, um, mm. but I think the Democratic National Party needs to make you know needs to be honest and take a look and survey their base instead of trying to force their base into a new set of beliefs. Right? They need to look at the base. Like, listen, this is why I think one of the things that for as ridiculous as 45 has been, one of the things that I look at him and I realize what he did that makes so much sense. This is what he did. He sat back. Because, I mean, listen, Donald is a billionaire from New York. If yeah. you really think he's a real Republican. Allegedly, allegedly. Right. You know, <laughs> If you think he's a real Republican, like and an, an a good old boy GOP conservative, you're fooling yourself. But what he did do was he realized there's a whole lot of racists in America that hate Obama. Like a lot. Like a lot, lot.
2: A whole lot of what?
0: Racists. Yeah, racists. Who didn't even realize that Obamacare was the affordable health care. Healthcare. Like those people. He realized there was a lot of them. Like a lot of them that make up the base of the GOP. Yeah. Let me appeal to them. And I guarantee I win the presidency. He I'm not even going to campaign for real. I'm just going to appeal to the, the base of the party. I'm going to appeal to their basest... Instincts,
2: and even if they're not rabid racists, which oh, I would yeah, just the undercover racists, yeah, and, and and but you know we're or the, I think the diet racists.
0: Have you seen that BuzzFeed thing? no diet I didn't. racism? It's hilarious. <laughs> but
2: it's you know, but one Trump. I think Trump is very good at what he's good at. You know, right. and I, I think that that's one of the things that people did not think about. And, you know, they they looked at somebody like Trump and said, you know, of course he's not going to win. Everybody this time last year, everybody was saying that, of course Trump's not going to win, but. What about who Trump is and what his strength is? He knows how to look at an electorate or a group of people or a jurisdiction, and he knows how to go down to their base instincts mm-hmm. and say, mm, Let me appeal to it. I'm a businessman. I'm I've been doing it my whole that. life. Right. I did it on The Apprentice. I know how to get in and finagle into who people are even flying below their own radar and appeal to that. And people did not realize how effective well, he would be.
1: Yeah. It's uh, it's going lower and lower on the brainstem to, a, to, to, <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Sticks, then, and, no, sticks
0: and rocks. <laughs> well, I mean, you Ooga, know, sticks, booga.
1: rocks, uh, pain, fear, lust, Ooh. you know, all these things that operate at the lower level of the, you know, these sensations and triggers uh, that uh, are that operate uh, lower and lower on the brainstem, it's in order to grab people's attention. You know, he can't. That guy, he can't operate any higher than that. You know, um, that's how he knows how to move. And I don't. I don't think. I like. Like. You know, I hear what you're saying. I don't want to derail uh, your point or the conversation per se. I just. I don't know if he was that smart. You know, I think that... Even to base instincts and low on the brainstem, smart.
2: Or I mean, I mean if you want to wanna say
1: him. that that's smart, I just think that he's, you know, he's an animal, you know? And he got made fun of, you know? He got embarrassed. Uh, I mean, he's... he's. Um, you know, I mean, what else are you going to yeah. do? Yeah. I mean, you know, you're 70 years old. Or, you know, I think that, like, like, what's higher than, you know, having my name on all these buildings? Let me try to rule the world, you know, in the... In, in the air quotes freest country you know in the world let me just jump in and see what I can do right. and and I just think that you know it was a competition he just wanted to have a little fun um, and he won because he, he was like you know what I ain't got nothing to lose I've been seeing this stuff my whole life you know let me just go ahead and take some shots at these guys I can knock them out boom 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 and that's exactly what he did and um you know you can't you know you can't I mean that, that's that's basically that's was just 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 what he did and you know you you, you know you it, it he recognized I'll say this is that you know he recognized that how how dirty how dirty politics was and so he found like I guess he was fit for it and um mm-hmm. he he just you know he realized that he didn't have to be all genteel oh yeah you know and he was just and, and by genteel I mean like uh, for the listener he realized you know he didn't have to be all gentlemanly like, you know, back in the day where people like uh challenge one another and they walk up and, you know, smack you with like a little you know, a little <laughs> little little glove or something like yeah. that, you know, a little duel, sir. He's like he realized he had to do that. He's nope. just out this joint calling dudes low energy, which is, you know, you say that to like a guy that represents Florida and well, whatnot, you know what that means. That means he's impotent. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? A low energy jeb <laughs> in a state where, you know, like the the uh, CEO of Viagra, you know, has a mansion. Yep. Uh, you know, low energy. It's just he's insulting everybody. Little Marco making fun of his height. He's calling all these women ugly. You know. Well, just, that's what I mean by just yeah
0: appealing. Maybe smart is the wrong term, but yeah. under, like seeing what he needed to do is what you know the point I'm trying to get at. Like, and this is what I don't think that Democrats are doing enough of right now. You know, you know what?
2: Know? I just want to say it reminds me of the whole guerrilla warfare. Versus the gentleman's war, Mm -hmm. you know, so even back during, you know, the time that, uh, that our country was in some of the earlier wars. For example, the, the Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. So the, the Loyalists were, you know, engaged in gentlemen's warfare. And I'm sorry, the, 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 the people who were on the side of the British. Mm-hmm. Right, right. <laughs> um, and, um, and then, but those who wanted America, we were engaged in guerrilla warfare. A lot of who, which tactics we got from the native, uh, from the indigenous nat- uh, people who were living here. But that was considered low, you know, in terms of, uh, in terms of culture and and you know and worthy of low amount of respect, but in the same election, this is what happened in this particular election. Uh, Trump or forty five used guerrilla tactics and said, "Look, what does it take to win? Oh, if I can just be bombastic, you know, people actually will you know yep. respond to that." Whereas everyone else has been you know a little bit more gentlemanly and traditional in the way that they did this campaign, and yeah, yeah, it did yeah. not work.
0: And mm-hmm. what what I, I think what Democrats need to do moving forward is you have to still re- recognize hey the the majority of our base though they may not be as vocal as the conservative evangelical wing of the Republican party is there is still the vast majority of the democratic base that still their political views are shaped by their religious beliefs that's fact right the 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 the, the, the minority of the party that is the 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 more secular the you know the the more humanist of the party though they are like you said the louder group in the party they're still the minority so we can't continue to cater to the minority and lose election after election after like well, what what uh, the the point I'm trying to make is in every one of these elections that they lose because i you know they're they're not connecting with the base properly. And however that looks, I'm not a political strategist, but it's obvious it ain't happening because you're not winning. So that's the those are the facts. But with every loss, right, and, and, and every new election or midterm election or special election, you give 45 more ammunition, right? You give the dude more ammunition because you're ref- refusing to acknowledge the fact that I need to change my tactics because that's what the GOP did. They realized Obama was wearing people out. And this is a black dude. And this is still America. We're going to change our tactics. We're going to hit that low brainstem route <laughs> and see what happens, right? We're, we're, we're going to go there. Because regardless of what he did, 45 was still allowed to go there.
1: The GOP did that reluctantly, though. Yeah. Like, yeah, but they, they still
0: ended up doing it. You see what I'm saying?
1: So I mean, okay. So because they wanted to win. I I mean, yeah, I I, w- I would agree with you in in, in that regard. I kind of wonder with the Democratic Party though, like you know, you're talking about something that's moderate, right? So mm-hmm. the Democratic Party operates out of this idea, and I'm saying it's branding, right? Right. Yeah. But like inclusion and and all of this stuff, right? And it's just not like it. I mean, the, the the the. I wonder if they're equipped, like if the is the philosophy of the Democratic Party something that is antiquated or something that worked from you know like maybe like the early '80s all the way up until now, or when President maybe 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 the crescendo of it of the Democratic Party was like President Obama, and then now it's just kind of like that whole vision is like. I guess that vision of inclusion is kind of antiquated and you almost need, especially like with the way things are with the internet and yeah. um, with the decentralization of information and um, and all these pocket fringes and the reorganization of the map and po- the population based off interests due to the internet. Right. So it's not just like where I live, where you live, we all kind of gather on interest now. So um, you have these micro niche niches that aren't so micro anymore. They're starting to grow and grow and grow. I kind of wonder if like this idea of inclusion for the Democratic Party is something that like used to work, mm. but not anymore. And so you have the alt-right, and which Donald Trump is basically, you know, um, a representative of. Right. Uh, that was able to help to get this guy over the hump whereas you don't have anybody as extremely close as you had with something like Bernie Sanders, right? But the thing is, but the thing is is that and maybe to your point or whatever, they need to start embracing somebody more like a Bernie Sanders.
0: Is that is that where you are going or That's where I would go. That's where I you're think you're going Bernie because, or not just Bernie, but people like Bernie. Yeah. They need to learn how to make that connection because from the um the Senate hearings when they were trying to um the thing we talked about last week. Um, Trump's nominee for the uh, OMB or OPM, you could see how hostile Bernie was to his Christian views, right? So people like Bernie need to figure out a way how to connect with Christians in the Democratic Party. You need to figure out because things like that don't play out well with a base. Even though they're Democrat, they may be progressive or liberal, but their religious views still affect their political views right? Their religious belief still affects their political views. And so you cannot come across as that hostile towards Christianity in any of its forms, whether it's Protestant or Catholic. If you come across that hostile to Christianity, people are not going to connect with you. They're not going to vibe with you. And you're going to continue to lose election after election because don't get it twisted. It's not just Bernie. This is not an attack on Bernie. Bernie represents something else. There are a lot of other people of that same ilk who have that hostility towards anything that even comes across as religious. (laughs) But they're a very small minority of the party and that's the problem. For all all the things that Obama did, his religious beliefs still had a place in his political views and the way he operated politically, he still brought his religious belief into the mix. Now people say whatever, Obama helped the gays and he was helping abortion and this and that and the third. Yes, but Obama never relegated his religious belief to the outskirts he would always say well you know I prayed about this and they talk about this in my church and And you know I'd be like wow you know for somebody as liberal as Obama was he still brought his religious beliefs to the forefront.
2: Yeah our memories are a little short when it comes to that you know remember there there was a whole swaths of time during his campaign where there was a back and forth they accused him of being an undercover Muslim. Um, Remember in the very beginning back in 08 um, when he was aligned with Jeremiah Wright's church in Chicago and of course you know people yanked. Everything that Jeremiah Wright said out of its context, <laughs> um, you know, in order they find to out how wild the black churches are. Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> it's like you know, historic black churches have a legacy, and uh-huh. what Jeremiah Jeremiah Wright said, you know, in that particular uh, the sermon uh, was yanked out of its context. And of course, some people could look at it and say, "I don't care what the context was; that sounds bad." But the context was actually something that's worthy of of review. But of course, you know, this is a society where we're looking at, you know small swaths of what people say. And so, but the, the whole point was that there were a lot of time was spent on what Obama's religion was. And Obama knew the climate that he lived in, and he knew that he had to defend that, or he knew that he had to leave Jeremiah Wright's church, whether right, right or wrong, whether the you know assessment of that particular uh, church or, or pastor was right or wrong. Obama knew what he had to do. He knew that he had to say there's nothing wrong from his perspective um, with uh, Islam, but he's not a Muslim, all of that. So we have to remember that, yes, religion in this country, even though we're in the 21st century, is still very important.
0: So let's pivot a little. Oh, I'm sorry, you, have, you weren't going to say something else about that.
1: Or? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't have to. Go ahead. No, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. No, you're
0: you're the new. You're the new. Go ahead. We're gonna give you the floor. No, go yeah.
1: Ahead. <laughs> well, um, this whole appeal to you know the religious view or you know Christian view or whatnot, it just kind of sounds to me like it's like you know making people feel comfortable. It doesn't matter what black people think. This whole eighty percent of black people thirteen percent, thirteen point three percent of this country. Yeah. Nobody cares. It's about making white people feel comfortable. The Jeremiah Wright thing, like you said, this whole, oh, black people, you know, we have a a, a legacy or going back and whatever. Jeremiah Wright ain't saying nothing wrong. All he's saying, like, he didn't even say, we, we've had, well, I'm sorry, I'm getting on high. He was mm-hmm.
2: saying that God... Everybody wants God to bless America, but looking at the historical trajectory, God should damn America. That's what he said.
1: Right. So <laughs> what? Well, okay. And I to that I say, and? <laughs> like, you know, like. But the thing is, is that what you know? Um, it makes people feel uncomfortable, you know, when people say the same thing, because we have religious conservatives that say the same thing. Right. Yeah, that's true. Then you have like, you know, these democratic gay voices that get mad at that, right? Because it's like, oh, the country abomination, blah 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 blah. When they say that stuff, then people get mad, but you don't have this religious right that get upset at that. They say the same thing. You see <laughs> what I'm saying? But it's all about um Making white for the if you're saying Democrats like basically what you're saying is like look man you have to make white people the, the worst thing you could do is make them feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. like you have to make them feel comfortable right or wrong you have to make them feel comfortable if you want to basically stay in place yeah
0: it's not necessarily white people but the majority whatever your majority is that's who you have to connect with
1: and what's the majority
0: here of the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm
2: the majority period I don't know the of demog- our country I
0: mean, our of country. the country yeah you know but honestly I don't know what the, the demographics are of the democratic party I'd have to look that up Is
1: it's the same demographics as every other thing in this <laughs> country
2: <laughs> yeah, we live in the Washington DC metropolitan area, the DMV as we you
1: oh, know man. talked about
2: last week. Like uh, the, the, and so this the, the, does not reflect the, the, the cultural or racial okay. demographic yeah. of the entire of the, country. The entire I want to go out to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and I'll see a little bit of that.
0: <laughs> Look, you don't have to go that far. You can yeah. go to the Eastern yeah, Shore of yeah, Maryland yeah, where right I went about to school. That. So. Yeah. Well, let's let's yeah. pivot off of that because what I want to talk about next is just forty five's, you know, singular goal of what I've seen. His singular goal is not necessarily to, honestly, what his thing has been throughout the whole campaign and into the presidency, which is make America great again. I don't think that's his goal. I think his goal is to completely erase Barack Obama. Um, When you look at the steps that he's strategically taken, like done specifically in the infancy of his presidency, it has been to eradicate anything that Barack Obama has instituted. Um, from the pulling out of the Trans-Pacific Partnership, now we, you can get into the semantics of it. You know, oh, well, this is not going to work out good for American business. Blah 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 blah. Sure, how many other things don't work out good for American business that nobody fights for? Um, to the pulling out of the Paris Climate Treaty, um, to the insistence on repealing the Affordable Healthcare Act. Like, I mean, it seems. It seems so nonsensical when you think about it. Like, this is our number one priority. Really? That's your number one priority? Like, with all the other things going on, your number one priority, that has nothing to do with the act itself. It has to do with your insistence to want to eradicate Barack Obama from the history books. Now, one of the things you have to realize about Barack Obama, and I wrote an article about this on divinimus.com, you should check it out, <laughs> is <clears throat> what Obama represents, he's more, you know, let me just, hip. you know, for, for everybody who's not in the diaspora, let me just hip you into what Barack Obama actually is. Barack Obama, you know, and I, I read an article um, in the New York Times about this this week as well, that Barack Obama wasn't just the first black president, although he was the first black president, right? But he wasn't just that. He represented so much more. Let me give you an example. My, my parents are from the Caribbean. For those of you who don't know, you just got a little glimpse into my personal life. My parents are from the Caribbean. I'm a, I'm a first generation Caribbean American or whatever you want to call that. And one, I remember when I was a kid, them telling me things like, Amadi, you'll never understand what it's like to grow up in a country where everybody who's powerful and important looks like you. Mm-hmm. Everybody who's considered rich and famous looks like you. Everybody who's considered beautiful looks like you. You'll, you'll you'll never really be able to grasp that concept because you live in the United States. And in the United States, what is portrayed is that people who are rich and powerful don't look like you. People who are considered beautiful don't look like you. People who are famous don't look like you. So your psyche actually gets skewed in a particular way. So what, how does that relate to Barack Obama? Barack Obama... For anybody, this is, I mean, for black people, we like to hold him, you know, as our own, but he's, he was, I say he is, he was an aspiration to almost any minority to say, hey, the way that you view the United States has to change because of his presence. Even if he didn't do anything, which I think he did a lot, but even if he didn't do anything, the fact that he was a two term president of the United States represents a lot. It represents the fact that a young black boy in Maryland who happens to be my son, right? I could tell him you can aspire to be president. You may not win, but you can now aspire to it because you have an image, right? You have an image of a black president. Before last year, my son is nine, the only president he knew was Barack Obama, which is crazy to think about. In his lifetime, up until a few months ago, the only president, like his image of his mind of president was only Barack Obama. So Trump's insistence on erasing Obama with the 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 way that that he's been working in in his presidency I I think is um that's his intent um and I I think it's very problematic and I think it's petty and personal.
2: Yeah, it's just like the you know you're on the schoolyard and you have two kickball teams and after a while you know, you know, you, you love you, these school references. Well, because it just it, well, I think part of it is that I think that Trump is so juvenile mentally. I think that there's some arrested development that has taken place. And I'm not talking about the nineties rap group. Something has <laughs> happened um, within his mind and you just I just dated you yourself know, for that nineties rap Oh, I'm happy rap. to date myself. A Generation X and proud, you know? It's like yeah, there's something that took place. Um, some of my friends who are uh, psychologists and others, you know, who have a bigger pl- platform, have been able to say he is a narcissist, which is a condition. You know, it's not just oh he's narcissistic, but something else is going on with him. And the reason I keep on referencing schoolyard, <laughs> Central Park East, uh, my elementary school, that schoolyard is what what visually comes to mind, is because of just how juvenile. Just how tit for tat he is. Now, yes, I understand. I'm trying to think. And honestly, I put myself in his position and I said to myself, if I think that the country was turned upside down and I came into office and I had a uh, something that I could do about it, would the first thing that I do be to... Uh, turn on its head everything that I think turned the country upside down before starting to build my platform, before starting to engage or or enact the things that I was interested in enacting. And I could not deny you know, that that at least would pass the, my thought pattern or, or pass my mind as being a strategy. So it's really, it's kind of hard just being honest for me to combat that um, from this level but, uh, you know, but when I think about just how petty it is, does he have a platform of his own? I think that's a question worth asking.
0: We have to remember, too, Trump was one of the biggest pushers of Obama's birther movement a couple of years ago. Remember, he questioned Obama's intelligence where he went to school. You know, Barack Obama went to Ivy League. I mean, so all of these things seem personal. Okay. Even when you read okay. some of his tweets, Right. I'm talking about before he became president, and he would say things like, when the um, stuff in uh, uh, Missouri, Ferguson was going on, where is our black president? It's like, why you got to throw his blackness in? Like, That has nothing to do with what's going on. Okay. And when the stuff in Baltimore was going on, oh, our first African-American president's not helping the situation in Baltimore. Okay, what, so, what do you expect him to do? Like yeah. come up there himself?
2: So, so I, I can see, I can see where you're going with this in the sense that, yeah, we do need to have a longer memory, as I mentioned earlier, yeah. and say, okay, yeah, this actually has its roots in a time before at least the public knew that Trump had an intention on running himself, or at least a time around then there seems to be something again personal. And maybe it has something to do with the climate that has been set by this country for the past few centuries. And then you have a very wealthy man coming up and just similar to when the enslaved people were were freed back in the late late 1800s, part of the reason that there was so much violence against these people who had nothing, but there was so much violence coming from every direction is because that same person Blanche Kelso, Bruce, um, um, uh, Hiram Revels, these are people who were senators now, you know, and it's like, wait a second, <laughs> it does something to the mind to realize that people who looked like those men, you know, from an aesthetic perspective, last year, were on their hands and knees picking cotton, right. and, and, and just the, the fear, and the, the, The lack of ability to transition just brought out this, you know, low brainstem sort of rage against a group of people who had nothing. So there's something about Trump and even Hillary when she didn't get the nomination back in 08. There's something about people that where they just cannot accept black success.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it oh, sounds it like you were, tra- go, yeah, yeah, no, you were gonna go. Yeah, you were gonna go one place, <laughs> and I
1: and threw that said, word nah, in there. <laughs> yeah, nah, because you had said you mentioned Hillary, you 08, and it made me think about something else. But yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, prior to that, so I was going. What I was thinking was, was that Michelle Alexander talks about this? She talked about this. She basically predicted this, and mm. um, before, this is before the election. Uh, took place in the new Jim
2: Crow that book yeah when
1: she was going on her tours and stuff and I remember listening to one of her one of her lectures and she was saying how we're facing the we're basically facing uh, the end of white people being a majority in this country and you know we have something called negative birth rate right and it's not we it's them they have a negative birth rate that's happening it's global Uh, too well, global. I mean, yeah. it's here no, in Europe. Yeah, exactly. That's what I meant. It's white global. But go ahead. Yeah, and and it's actually you I know mean, it's a term that's coined called the birth dearth, uh, and uh, the, all that means is this is a fancy way of saying that they just aren't having as many children, mm-hmm. because uh, in comparison to the other groups and the other voting blocks that exist within this country uh, and they, throughout the world. And so, with it's very simple, right? With um, them going to school and then uh, going to college and then um, not necessarily having children in your teenage years on your early 20s, but then pushing it till your, your early 30s, mid 30s, late 30s. Uh, and early 40s. Early 40s. Right? And yep. then not necessarily, and maybe you'll have one child in comparison to um, a. Uh, uh, African American community uh, who is not necessarily going to college, uh, or a Latin American community or an immigrant community who's coming in and aren't necessarily on that career trajectory and they're having more children at a younger age. That's the reality of it, politically correct or otherwise. That's exactly what's happening. And so you have these, you know, when President Obama was elected, it was the signifier you know, and it scared, it scared a lot of people. It scared a lot of them. And then as Richard Spencer, I don't know if you know who he is. Yeah. Yeah, so Richard Spencer, like he pretty much was saying like, you know, put yourself in the shoes. I'm not saying I'm aligning myself with him, I just, you know, I'm saying, I'm just repeating them. Uh, he said, you know, you put yourself in, in the shoes of, you know, a young white uh, kid from, like, wants to went to like University of Texas or something and he graduates. Um, today, you know, two thousand and seventeen, with like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of debt, and he looks up and all he sees is like, you know the these uh, uh, diversity initiatives. And it's like, oh, okay, so you know these big companies, big blue chip companies or whatever that he was always told that he could go work for are now trying to diversify and hire more blacks and hire more women and hire more you know uh uh, latin americans and all this other stuff and and so it's like well what is he to think what is he to do what kind of future is there for him and so there's a complete and this is like words right out of his mouth there's a complete ignorance complete ignorance and gloss over and whitening of how we even got to this in the first place of course the reasoning why those things are taking place right yeah it's a victim mentality you see what I'm saying, and it's like they they created this. Yes, they created this through carving up the world through colonialism, and they're you know they're they're uh, 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 being dis- explorers and discoverers and all this other stuff. Uh, but you know they created this this environment, and you know black people we 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 uh, we subsisted, and then it couldn't work. After a while, right, that experiment of slavery or whatever just wasn't gonna work. And then they kind of, you know, we're we're basically dealing with the after effects of that right now. Yeah, that boy needs to
2: realize he lives in a context, but now all he he, knows is this is my life now. I don't care about the context. That's
1: it. And so, yes. And so, Mm -hmm. and so, um, you know, we're dealing with, we're dealing with like this president that whether it's his, I mean, I'm sure a lot of it is him and then a lot of it is his advisors. It's this mindset. Of America was better when it was white, you know, and so they're doing everything that they can to, from a Muslim ban, air quotes, right, like that's right in front of our faces of denaturalization, basically.
0: The wall. The wall.
1: Another effort to denaturalize. So basically, that's to stop people from coming over here and claiming citizenship that don't look like you. And it comes under these guises, you know um, and so I just think I think that that's a you know just I, I'm agreeing with you I'm just got, I guess I'm kind of getting into more detail as yeah. to you know wow. it, yeah like it's, I don't think it's just personal with Obama I think that it's more of a sick that's a signifier yeah of a larger
0: fear. I think Obama was the trigger yeah. that that sort of set off. A,
1: Yet
2: people are blaming the trigger, uh, which is pretty interesting, right? Yeah, yes. You know. Oh, did all you all of this didn't come up until Obama came into office? Is it, of course, making a false connection? Yeah. Well, know? going
0: back to that base, you know, that low brainstem <laughs> man, comment. I'm, I'm still gonna edging, right?
3: I'm gonna snatch that close. Like, man, that's some
0: low brainstem <laughs> stuff you're doing over there, man. But <sighs> when you, it's it's a president like 45 couldn't have been elected in any other environment except post-Obama, right? Because in, in another environment, I mean, unless it's the 1700s and everybody owned slaves, but, and I don't put that past him in another in another context, I don't put that past him, but in a different environment, you look at his rhetoric, you look at his actions, and you would say, God, dude, it's crazy. There's no way, but in a, in, in a post-Obama environment, where it, it's almost like you ever felt like you've been wronged and you feel justified in doing something more vicious because you feel like you've been wronged? Well, there's a, a, a large segment of the population that just by Obama's presence feel like they have been wronged. And so in response to that feeling like I've been wronged, they're doing something even more vicious, um, which is allowing this man to continue on with his rampage, with his erasure of Obama, to some of the things that A was just talking about, with the denaturalization of an already diverse country, um, I think it's it it speaks to the the corporate trauma that um, Rasul was talking about last night. Um, just that that corporate trauma that this country is still in that yeah. you know we've never truly. Um, dealt with. And Um, we're going
2: to keep kicking the
1: can of that discussion to future and a future generations. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Until we stop and, you know, as a nation, you know, atone for our sins of the past and come to grips and, and accept it. You know, accept it, come to grips with it, and then transition. And that, you know, those types of things. And this is where, for me, the rubber meets the road because I don't expect unrighteous systems unrighteous people to make that call I expect that to come from the body of Christ. Like, I expect that to come from the church.
2: But what if it's infected the church? Well, you that's know, the some problem. That it has infected about. the church. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The church
0: is infected instead of Because we swim in
2: this, we're swimming in this dirty water, too. No, so you have to be, yeah, <laughs> like the dirty water is permeated. So, you know, again, as we said a couple of weeks ago, you know, for you to come out of the context, that's what it tends to take in order for you to see what's going on.
1: Yeah, what you're asking when you say atone for your sin, right? Because that the idea, the negative birth rate is ain't gonna go nowhere. Mm-hmm. When you say people have to atone, which I agree with you, by the way, to, to say you know this country has to atone for its sins. You know, one example of that is like a public apology. You know, um, so that all future generations, no matter what their color, understands what happened in the past. You know, and how we got to where we are, so we can go to a better place. Right. But when you say that, what you're saying is that, like straight up and down, you're telling, you're saying, white people, you know, ac- accept the fact that y'all are disappearing. That's what you're saying. You know, like accept the fact that y'all that that there's a negative birth rate, and in a few generations, two generations, three generations, y'all are gonna be, you know, a minority. Um, actually, in this generation, right, it's proposed between 2040, 2060, or whatever it is, that uh, white people will be the majority minority in this country. Um, but even past that, y'all are going to continue to reduce in numbers. So when you say that, that's what, you know, to a white person, that's what you're asking them to do. And when you back a dog in a corner, you know, when you, a dog is either going to, you know, retreat and be scared or it's going to start growling and fighting for its life. And so this idea of you know the church and the body of Christ is like, you have these people who claim to be Christians. So what are you going to do then? Because that's exactly what Richard Spencer says. Well, that's right? where we
0: have to deal with our own issues because mm-hmm. part of dealing with that mm-hmm. is not being afraid, right, to confront people like that. Like, yo, you so, not with us?
1: So, 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 ba- okay, wait, huh? I'm sorry, you are not with us? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, 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 part of it would be. And I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there, right, yeah. for the listening ear. Part of that is like, oh, okay, so let's ask these, not ask, but the expectation would be for these uh, uh, Christian leaders, right? So I'm just going to, you know, I like to use John Piper as my punching bag or whatever. So someone like him, right, uh, and or uh, other Christian leaders that uh, represent this whole, you know, this um, white, whiteness. To be like, hey, we need to atone for our sins, blah, 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 except that, you know, we're reducing in numbers. There's this negative birth rate. Because that conversation is happening.
0: But there's always been reasons. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at this holistically. There's, There's always been reasons, even going back to scripture, where Christian leaders make questionable decisions. In Antioch, you had Jewish Christians come into the church and say, yo, If you're really going to be about this, you know, if you're really going to be about it, you got to get circumcised. You got to follow the law of Moses. And what do Paul and Barnabas do? They confront these cats. They confront them. And that's what we don't do. Like, we just kind of let it, well, if we just leave it alone... It'll hopefully go away on its own. Well, people don't want to
2: show disunity. I think that's the thing. But it, unfortunately, it seems no, to always be. No, don't confront
0: it publicly. I'm talking about like in house. Okay, Bring it in got house. You, I you. wouldn't want to take you on the Today Show and be like, yo, but I'm saying no. So, so good like point, how the. Good point. So,
1: you know, when you had the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, it, they had their little convention in right. Texas or whatever last month. And then there was like. Um, uh, this whole alt-right movement that was happening inside of it and it took a black person yeah. that was in the Southern Baptist Convention to get the Southern Baptist to, to raise a stink to get the Southern Baptist Convention to publicly disavow it.
2: So that's a good example yeah that's
1: what of, it to, of doing it, what you're saying that's a microcosm of what happened with uh, the doggone civil war or of civil rights or it takes a black person to somehow some way, Sorry. Banging on the, 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 yeah, it you know takes about like, like like why is it, it I mean, you know, it always ends up to be us. Like we gotta somehow get these people to 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 then do what you just said, because it's not it's not our fault. It's not on us to do yeah. that. They gotta do that. Yeah. You see well, what I'm saying?
0: If my responsibility as a son of God supersedes my ethnicity, it supersedes my nation, it, it supersedes all that. I don't I don't let that you know, my responsibility, you know, be sort of hindered by the fact that I'm I'm, I'm the only black person here. You know, sometimes you kind of feel like, do I have to speak for all black people? You know, when you're in that environment, you have to, my identity is in my sonship as a son of God. And so that supersedes that. So if it just happens to be me or another black, so be it. But I don't shy away from the fact that I may have to confront my brothers. Right. I'm going to have to confront my brother saying, yo, what you're doing is not cool. And I mean, we're going we to keep it in house. I'm, I'm not going to put you on blast because it didn't get, you know, that we talked about the Southern Baptist thing that didn't get on blast until after they had denied the motion at first and people started <laughs> tweeting. But if you keep it in house, but what we don't do is we don't do more of that. We just kind of let it. And what it, it, it's a double negative because then the person does something wrong. Right, whether it's a white person, a black person, whatever. They do something wrong. And then I, as another believer, am offended by what they have done. But then I don't confront them. I just kind of let that joint simmer. And so the more it has simmered, the more angry I get because what they do is offended because they are entreating white supremacists, right? and And I don't confront them as a brother. Like I you like we have to be willing to confront and stop leaving these things to unrighteous people. I don't leave these types of situations to unrighteous people to resolve. For me, personally, if I know a brother who happens to be of a different persuasion, who I'm claiming is a brother, right? We're all right, we're in Christ. We're brothers. If I, if I believe that you're entreating someone who's a white supremacist or who's something else, a murderer, I mean, whatever, what, whatever it is, I'm going to confront you on that. Like, yo, what are you doing? Like just like that black pastor, um, forget the dude's name we yeah. talked about him, but mm. be willing to confront our brothers or don't, call, let's not call ourselves brothers. Let's just, I'm going to do my own thing and I'm just going to be me. But if we're going to say, yo, this is the body of Christ and so on and so forth, then we have to be willing to confront our brothers. That's what MLK did. You keep confronting white pastors. Yo, what are you doing? Why are you not with us? you know, he confronted the white christian establishment. why are you not with us and and, and, and what happened to him doesn't matter what happened he was Mm -hmm. willing to confront them that's the point i'm trying to make Mm -hmm.
2: that's a good admonition you know but i can understand the perspective of people who say wait a second so when you when you go upside my head i'm I'm supposed to forgive you so when when you know when you kill my child i'm supposed to forgive? why am i always the one that has to take the high road on the other hand like you said when you look at scripture's example you know again it this is something that is not natural but supernatural something that uh, that happens with someone in whom the Holy Spirit dwells because otherwise you you would say, wait a second. So I'm always the one reaching out, always the one, you know, stretching out the hand of conciliation or reconciliation. I'm always, so now I have to be the one to, to confront and, and, you know, judgment begins in the house of God. So let's clean up house first. And I have to be the one to initiate that. I can understand there being, you know, some trouble with that or people saying, my goodness, you know, really again,
0: Like, I just wonder how many people in his circle have confronted Jerry Falwell. You see what I'm saying? Like, how many cats have just let it simmer? Like, oh, yo, he was endorsing Trump publicly, brought him to Liberty University. That offends me. Oh, well. And just go about their day and how many cats have actually confronted him. I mean,
1: but you're talking about a modern day king. You know, you're talking about like how many cats are gonna confront Jerry Falwell. How many cats can get to him? Like, I mean, but it has the, to be
0: somebody in his circle. I mean, what
1: circle? I mean, you're talking about the church, something that's built on a cult of pop, a, 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 a a cult you know, of personality, cult of personality, cult of personality anyway. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you know, you you cross this person, then that cuts off your food supply. Like, I don't really think it's I like. There, you're playing everything you're saying. I think that is good, but I also think that it's playing by a different rule book. Oh, yeah. Like you playing by a rule book that these people aren't playing by, and so when you say I consider this person my brother, I think that that's where you got it messed up right
0: there. Well, because once we do that, then we cut it. We we have to be because, willing to confront and cut them off.
1: Yeah, but I mean this whole conf- confrontation thing. Which I'm not saying that you don't confront people. What mm-hmm. I'm saying is is that this idea that these people are going to listen to you, I think that is it. It 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 doesn't work. Like they 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 they. they play by a different rule book. They think they're going to die. Like no matter
0: like they but may read the take Bible. That attitude, man. But that the the, the brother from Southern Baptist Convention if he would have taken the attitude, he was persistent. That's what I'm saying. He so, be, oh, whoops. Uh, so I was off the mic talking. Uh, so <laughs> so
1: so so they sign that thing. Do you think that that's really going to quell um that that that's really going to quell the mindset that's going on? Like no, it's just okay. going to oh, move. Of course not. It's an organism and it's going to adapt. So, I mean, I think it's a step in the right direction. I mean, it's a step in the right direction, but I mean, we have civil rights. We have civil rights that were signed. We're still dealing with this kind of crazy stuff. I think that um, until until they get to a point where they can accept that they, by numbers, are dying, that are, are getting smaller. We are always gonna have these problems. it's not it's not gonna be this, you know God says, you know, we ought to love what they're be like, okay yeah, well, that's cool, but I still want my child. I want my child I want my seed, I want my lineage to continue to move forward. And if there's any kind of jeopardy uh, of that, if I'm seeing you know these uh El Salvadorians coming up in here or these tower heads or whatever, you know Muslims. no offense to the Muslims
0: no he, he's I mean, using their terms yeah 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 I got
1: they you. see they, <laughs> they see these people coming up I mean it's like that's that's it, I, I just think it, it supersedes, it supersedes all what you're this saying brother in true, Christ stuff
0: I mean what you're saying is true to a certain degree I just think it's very it's very problematic if we take that mentality like yo well you know they just gonna keep doing it because I don't think no that I'm this not mens-
1: saying you don't confront it I agree with you I just I, I I'm
0: I you almost sound like you're willing to accept it. That's what I'm saying. You almost sound like it's like, uh eh.
1: Well, what I'm saying is is that confronting it is not going to solve the problem. What I'm saying is is that, you know, they are the people that are in power. And they are not going to I mean, it's just if somebody came up in your house and then, you know, you start they start asking you or say like, Hey, you know, let me get like your bedroom. You gonna have a problem with that. You gonna have a problem with it, and with this, with all of these diversity initiatives, with all of like President Obama. You know, white historically, white people were um, always to be in managerial positions when it comes to dealing with black folks, and that's written in the law in certain in certain places, like Virginia. That's that's that law. A white person should never be, never be. Working alongside a black person or certainly under a black person, always in a managerial capacity. That's why, even you like a relic of, of that is the overseer. Yep. Right. And so, and so I think that until like people come to the consensus that they're not better than everybody else and that they are smaller in numbers and they are unnaturally. Okay, I'm sorry, Okay, that they are unnaturally, you know, it's a it's a it's a an unnatural majority that's here in this in this country. And they didn't just happen to just land here, you know, from God's hand that it was savage and it's still savage. um, How they hold on. how, How like how this how this how this country exists until they recognize that. I just think that we could do you know, all the confronting in the world. And I'm saying, like, you know, we should if we get getting our throats stepped on. Um, but I think that, you we know... We have to
0: just appeal. I don't, I, I'm under the, the belief that we have to appeal to something higher than that. Yeah, I'm, I understand what you're saying is true. What you're saying is 100% true. From a natural perspective, racial, you know, racial inequality is real, right? Uh, r- racial injustice is real. All of that is real. I've experienced it. I've lived it. But as a son of God, right, as a believer, I have to appeal to something higher. Now, if that person ascribes to that same higher belief that I ascribe to, that's what I appeal to first. Yeah, I don't appeal to the base natural first of course and
2: uh, but I think what you're talking about is similar to the to the uh, approach that Richard Allen and his um, contemporaries took back in the 1790s yeah they were going to a Methodist or Methodist Episcopal Church and were being sent up to the rafters based solely on skin and you know but they 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 said no we're, we're brothers in Christ we're sisters we're brothers and sisters in Christ you know and so it took a little while, but then they said, wait a second. And so they actually did do what you're talking about, which was confront the people in that church. And, and this has happened throughout the country, but I'm mentioning the AME church specifically right. for this reason. Um, so, or just as as an example. And so they actually confronted them and said, wait a second, why are you segregating us? What does the scripture say? You know, there's no slave or free in Christ. And using all of this appeal to um, to the sort of more um, the more, um, spiritual element of who these church leaders were and they were still rejected and so as a result you have an entire different uh, movement uh, that came about which is where you know the African Methodist Episcopal Church came from and, and its predecessor the African Baptist Church and all of these different churches that were black churches and, and now here we are in the 21st century and people say well why are there black churches you know so this is something of course we talked about in the past but um, but is that an Approach. You know, yes, I understand. And a lot of people will agree. It's good that Richard Allen actually confronted his brothers in Christ first. They didn't just dip. However, you know, then you find that there's another separation that t- takes place. And I don't know. I don't I don't know that it's it's good that there were that there are some separations if you're going to separate yourself from wickedness. Um, but I think what's going on is a lot of people are afraid of schisms, Within Christianity, as a result of that, and there are only certain people who are going to be that confrontational.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. There only are going to be certain people who are going to be that confrontational. But I think when they don't become confrontational and they, but they are offended, and it simmers like the That's said bitterness last, that yeah, breeds, yeah, that bitterness starts to breed. And I mm-hmm. think that sister last night, I, I thought. J. Dean. Just Jay so Dean.
2: everyone knows, we were at a a a um a symposium, you know, called uh, "Is Christianity a White Man's Religion?" So go ahead.
0: Yeah, it was dope, Rasul Berry. Shout out to Rasul <laughs> Um But she said that one of the things that she found herself doing was she was so suspicious of all of her white brothers and sisters. She was going to a church. There were white people and you know black people in the church. Every white person in the church, she was like suspicious. Like, yo, they are they down with them? What's up with them? And you, you, I'm like I'm not. I, I can't not gonna walk around there. like that. Like yeah. I can't go around like that. So now, now I'm not going to be suspicious of every person that I know. But if there is someone I do know, like if you, if there was somebody that I did know that was like, yo, they entreat that kind of behavior, in my circle, I'm talking about. I have no problem confronting that or removing that out my circle. And as a church, like what you just said was a real good point. They don't, they don't want to cut off their food supply because, because of Jerry's position. Mm-hmm. We can't be scared of that. And, I, you know, so, I, I mean, I hope you think that segues us into our next topic. But we cannot be scared to confront even if it's our own food supply, guys. I mean, either we're going to be who we say we are. And this goes into, you know, what we talk about all the time, Christians' dishonest presentation of things. As, as, a, as a body, we dishonestly present stuff. And if this is what we're going to present, like, yo, we are a righteous people, you know, we're people of God and this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. But then on the flip side, still accommodate things like this and still sort of make room for things like this, where room cannot be made for things like this. Room, this cannot be allowed, right? This cannot be made, you know, to feel comfortable in our midst. It can feel comfortable in its own thing, right? If they're out there doing their own thing, but... When they come into our sphere, when they come into our circles, they have to be required to change. They have to be required to shift and adapt. They can't come into our circles and our spheres and just still feel comfortable about doing whatever they're doing. Or we are not who we say we are. If I am who I say that I am, at a minimum, (laughs) at a minimum, Y'all hearing things live. At a minimum, <laughs> you're going to feel uncomfortable in, in my midst. And if it comes to confrontation, um, I think it, it's confrontation. But speaking of not wanting to cut off our food supply, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to we're gonna pause here because I know it's getting real heavy. And I appreciate sure y'all for rocking with us. But we're going to pause and take a quick word from our sponsor.
3: Addressing your health is not something you can ignore. A report from your doctor or even aches that you've learned to live with need to be taken care of. It can feel like a long road when you go at it alone and aren't sure what to do. Working with a knowledgeable individual will help you save time, resources, and actually get the results you're looking for. Let us introduce you to Princess Akima, a certified holistic nutrition practitioner. She's a living example that making powerful changes in your life will have ripple effects. She works one-on-one with clients to prevent and reverse disease from skin issues, diabetes, high blood pressure, and allergies. This can be treated by using nutritional guidance, herbal and homeopathic means, body work, and movement. This whole person holistic approach is helping people get restored. Get in touch with Akima today at www.princessakima.com. That's P-R-I-N-C-E-S-S-A-K-E-E-M-A. Or you can reach her at 240-855-0266. And you can connect with her on Facebook and Twitter at Princess Akima. Please support our sponsors as they support this podcast and let them know you heard about it on Across the Intersection.
0: And we're back. Yeah, we're back. All right. So, you know, ultimately, you know, just to really, really sort of wrap up that bow, we've been hot and heavy um, in in these topics is um, we got to, you know, Listen, believers out there, if you're listening and you ascribe to uh, belief in Yeshua HaMashiach, I'm, I'm taking that joint too. Even though I know it's been out there, I just don't use it a lot. My kids actually asked me one day, because um, I, I. What did, is Jesus' real name? Yeah, no, nah, because yeah, I, I do Bible study with my kids. And so I was telling them, you know, about his name, Yeshua. And they were like, Yeshua, what's that? And I was like, <laughs> That's that's Jesus' real name. you? how did his name become Jesus? And so it, it forced me to go back dun, and do it. Yeah, right. The letter J doesn't dun, 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 exist in dun, dun, Hebrew. So how did, you know, I was like, oh, I, I, I got to switch my drain up. So anyway.
2: And now everybody's, you know, everybody has all kinds of different names. And, oh, it's not really Yeshua. It's Yehoshua. I mean, you know, after a while yeah. it's like, look, we know that his name, he, nobody opened up their mouth and called him Jesus during that yeah. first century.
0: But anyway, for if if you are a believer, then you we have to be willing to um, really come to terms with, with some of these things and be willing to to go ahead and put ourselves out there even if it means, you know, losing some friends, offending some family members, you know, we we cannot be afraid. We cannot be afraid. Not in these times. Not yeah. in these times. We we cannot be afraid to bring things to the forefront. Like I applaud that cat from Southern Baptist Convention cuz he probably isolated himself, you know what I mean? Like if you're in a room full of cats that don't really follow and rock with the way you're rocking and then you come out like, "Yo, what y'all doing is wrong. All you know, that's like putting yourself out there. You know, whether they shut you down or whatever, just having the 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 gall to yeah. step out there like that. Sure, yeah. So, so
2: you know, I just wanted to you know mention this is something that you have a conviction about, but but there are some consequences to not stepping out because there's some people who might say, "Oh, I'm not that type of person. I'm not going, going to confront someone face to face." You know, I know that this body of Christ, you know, we we need to. They, some people would probably prefer to have the appearance of unity rather than to confront um, how unbiblically a lot of our leadership is, uh, is um, looking toward or, or responding to social issues going on. And so some people would probably prefer to have that appearance um, of unity rather than confronting it. But again, scripture says to confront evil in your midst. You know, scripture, back during the the time that the Hebrews were going through a lot of the changes they were going through in the so-called Old Testament, um, you have God judging the whole camp based upon what um, wickedness was allowed within it, you know. And so God does not change, you know. I mean, that's one thing that we can say. But one thing that... I know, AJ, you are concerned about what's going on right now, which kind of goes back to the, the symposium that we went to last night about whether, you know, how to respond to people who say Christianity is a white man's religion, is that now, just like during every iteration during this past century of, um, of, of Christianity in our country, where there has been a, a huge amount of oppression, uh, toward African Americans, you have groups that, uh, such as the Hebrew Israelites, non-Messianic, or the, the people who are, you know, from the five percent nation, or the or the you know, Noble Drew Ali and the Moorish Science Temple. All kinds of groups of right. people um, coming forth and giving an answer. And and being able to point to the body of Christ and say to other black people, to future converts, to people who, you know, might have an interest in finding out about Christ, point to the body of Christ and say, see, obviously these people aren't in your favor. Why in the world would you go to a church? You know, why in the world would you listen to that huffing and puffing preacher who, you know, only cares about passing the collection plate? Look what's going on with the body of Christ. And then they'll say, as an alternative, come on over to the Nation of Islam or whatever, you know, you know, whatever group, come on over to the, to the Moors. You know, we're, we're not African American, we're Moors, (laughs) you know, or whatever the situation is. And so one of the consequences of people not showing that there are conscious people within the body of Christ, not just to show it for, for showing its sake, but to you know to purify the body of Christ to confront people who may be aware or may not be aware of their personal biases but one of the consequences is that the presence of that sort of righteousness is not there so that there are other people who can come and snatch souls left and right instead of those people being able to see, actually, there are folks who know, you know, about their cultural identity and see the unfairness going on in society within the body of Christ. So, you know, it's, I do have choices beyond, you know, um, what's up. joining, you know, the, some, you know, Hebrew, Israelite, you know, group that, you know, looks like, they belong to the Power Rangers. I can do something, you know, other than, you know, join the 5% nation. No, they're actually conscious and righteous people within the body of Christ.
0: And not just conscious and righteous people, but people who think, you know, we, we have to think and ponder. The Bible talks a lot about pondering and meditate on these things. Like, we don't think. And so because we don't think, we just kind of let things fly over our head. Oh, well, you know, God will work it out.
1: Yeah. You know <clears throat> Confrontation, right? In an environment um as <clears throat> the church. See, I have a like my 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 issue is the conflation, right? Of the term church. I actually got this from you, AJ, uh, years ago. And I use this uh, visual to this day.
0: It's it like must be deep then. <laughs> hold on, when hold you, on, bro.
1: You ever you ever have a feeling and some people listening maybe maybe not have had this feeling, um, but I have. And it's like, have you ever had the feeling like when you sit down and you read the Bible and you see that the world and yourself are to operate one way, then you look up and you see, you see like how the world works and how the church works. And then you, you wondering like, well, where's the disconnect? Like, why is it that if we say we believe this, how we get here? And, um, I had. Through my journey, I began to understand like conflation between, you know, like the term church, the term churches. You have the uh, you have the biblical church, and then you have uh, the five hundred one c three nonprofit term church, and Amer- oh, the American church. We about to get off, and do, yeah. it, you really well, want to go there? No, nah, well, what well, yeah, what, well, what I'm saying is is that you know it goes back to this idea of the conscious christians are conscious believers and 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 all this stuff and and we have to confront yeah yeah and what i'm saying is is that the structure the structure first of all there's a conflation of the term church when all three of us say church people gonna be listening to this and they're all gonna walk away with what they think their reference of what church is some people gonna be like yeah that's right church of the bible other people gonna be like yeah my church uh First, whatever, but we'll pass it, and it's like that's
2: why I said the body of Christ, yeah. Well, in general,
1: well, why don't we, we do
0: this? Why, why, why don't we do this? We appreciate y'all rocking with us. We're gonna go and do a disc two. I'm gonna do a Tupac double CD joint. I'm about to do a double CD. <laughs> All what was that? All eyes on me with the double CD. Mm, the movie just dropped last week, mm. so we're gonna do a All Eyes on Me this week, y'all. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna do a disc two. So we appreciate y'all rocking with us. If you end here, we thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on social media, at Across This on Twitter. Hit us up on Facebook. Like we tell you, we always gonna bring these things from a mature perspective and never leave God out of the equation. If you wanna rock with this too, we appreciate you and we will be right back. Let's get started, I won't cheat you. Let me set apart who is my people. The ones who set in their heart to be believers. Press on to the mark to follow Jesus. When it gets hard, they be seeking the leaders. Fathers that help them heal when they are beaten. Or help them see the meaning when they're grieving. Don't follow their feelings that are being misleading. Yeah, they the ones that keep it biblical. Keep
1: 100 when others say fiction